What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and today is exciting. Uh, we have Zach Miller with us. Um, you may have heard of Zach Miller when we did our Anomaly book review. We've talked about some of his content before in our podcast. Uh, but just to give you kind of a little introduction to Zach, Zach's a journalist turned entrepreneur who pioneers brand strategies way before they become a household name. Zach has authored Anomaly, How to Finally Stand Out from the Crowd, and he thinks that your networking question should not be, hey, what do you do, but rather, what are you watching on Netflix? You can find Zach and his podcast online everywhere at Zach Miller Says, that's Z-A-C-K-M-I-L-L-E-R-S-A-Y-S. You can find his podcast online everywhere. He, and P.S., he's the king of Easter eggs. Zach, welcome to Vitamin Lead. And the question is, what are you watching on Netflix? That was a great bio that I've never heard before. <laughs> I literally just wrote that yesterday. So that's great. Um, what am I watching on Netflix? Okay, so I finished Stranger Things the other day because Stranger Things is what you have to listen or you have to watch. So I'm all up to date on that. Uh, but uh, there is a movie, I believe, called um, Iron Cowboy. And it's about this guy who does 50 Ironman distances in 50 days in 50 different states, in all of the 50 states. And um, a lot of people talk about doing one Ironman is a lot. And he did 2.4 miles swim, 112-mile <laughs> bike, and a full marathon distance every day in a different state, back to back to back. And they documented the whole thing. And uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, and so I just watched that the other day. And... Uh, I just love to see people get through really, really tough things. I love resiliency. I love grit. I think there's not enough of that in the world. I think uh, if you can go through challenging things, it makes the other stuff easier. And so I, I, I love watching people go through misery. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. And that's, uh, well, that's, that's close to your heart because you just finished your first Ironman. Is that right? Yeah. I just did one June 9th. And that was something that was on my bucket list, but I was terrified to do it. I was terrified to sign up just because I knew what was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a lot of work. But um, I believe that if you do challenging things, it, it makes you stronger. And so by doing, you know, if you, I try and do something that I'm, you know, terrified of every week, you know, maybe at some point I'll do that every day. But this was something, it was a very big unknown and it was, you know, multiple hours worth of work on race day. Um, but you know, thousands of hours preparing for that. And it was interesting. Someone asked me the other day, what, like, what do you think about doing a race? I was like, it's a science project. So whether it's having enough hydration, salt, food, fitness, mental capacity, uh, you knew something was going to pop up and actually on race day, uh, this first race, two crazy things happened. One, they canceled the swim. So like mentally that screwed with my mind, <laughs> which does really suck by the way. Uh, and then two, it rained basically the entire time. I didn't train once in rain. So I'm like, uh -oh, like all these like twists and turns, but that's why I think you have to realize that roadblocks are going to happen. And so put them in your life, go through them so that when one does happen, you're ready. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
So Zach, most of the people here may not know you other than reading your books or reading your blogs or uh, listening to your podcasts online. And so uh, why don't you just give us a little peek into what it was like growing up as Zach Miller. Born on March 25th, 1984. Okay, let's fast forward. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in a suburb of D.C., uh, a very blue-collar family, very not wealthy family whatsoever. Um, I remember in high school, um, my parents split, and my mom worked three jobs just to keep um, my brother, my sister, and I kind of afloat. So I learned my, learned my uh, work ethic through her where she was like, I'll do whatever it takes to get my family there. And so I always look back and think about that. Um, graduated in 2002, uh, then went to community college for a little bit, thought I wanted to be a roller coaster engineer. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'd never heard this before. Okay, so I thought I wanted to be a roller coaster engineer, went to community college, started taking some classes there on, I don't even, I don't even know what the engineering uh, classes are, but I was like, "Whoa, this is not this. This is, <laughs> I love a good challenge, but this is a challenge that I don't know that I have the uh, capabilities uh, to learn." Um, and so I scratched that, and I said, uh, "I think I was taking like your um, the prerequisite classes where you like have to take a bunch of like 100, 200 level stuff." And I took a public speaking class. And I did well on that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And then around the same time, ESPN was doing their own version of American Idol called Dream Job. Okay. And so the good thing about living in a big city like D.C. is you have all these opportunities to, to go to things. And so I went. I was the first person in line. And I sucked. And I blew it. But I was like, oh, that's an opportunity. I think I want to explore that. So then I went to West Virginia, West Virginia University and got a sports um, – was a sports anchor there and then worked in TV news for a little bit and then uh, fell out of love with that and started getting into my business career. And the rest is history. as they say. <laughs> Well, I want to, I want to ask you a question about that. Like where you, I, I've been interested in this and I hadn't actually gotten to ask you this before, but you got a degree in broadcasting, but quickly after getting into it, right, maybe a year or two after that, um, you decided that you wanted out. So can you walk us through like, how you felt and how you kind of came to that decision that, Hey, this wasn't for me. It's something that I went to school for, but this wasn't for me. And I want yep. to pursue something different. Yeah. And I'll try to articulate it in a way that, um, makes sense with anything that makes sense. <laughs> right. So, uh, I got out of school in May of 07 and I'd already agreed to be a swim coach. And I, I had been a swim coach for about nine summers, um, for my like community swim team. And I was the uh, head coach for, for like five or six of us. And I'd already agreed to do that. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to look for a job uh, in that industry while still doing that. And it took about three or four months to do that. And then I got a job actually in Norfolk and uh, I applied and got the job. And I worked there for actually three years to the date. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe the date was September 24th, 07 to September 24th, 2010. Okay. And in the book, I say it's like 1,098 days or something like that. It's like, it's literally three real days or three real years. The first year was great. It's a honeymoon. Right. You fall in love with it. You're like, this is great. And then you start to understand, analyze your surroundings. And you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is actually really, really negative. So this is 2010 or 2007, 2008. 
you realize that the people you're surrounding yourself with are, are, this is a very generalized statement, but like they're negative. Right. In TV, they have egos. And then by the way, you're not getting the amount of money that you feel like you should be making because they didn't tell me that in school. Right. Right. 25 grand a year is not a lot of money. Right. It's not, I don't care where you live. And then by the way, you're meeting someone on the worst day of your life every single day. Hmm. Hey, how are how how are you feeling? Your son was just murdered. Hey, how are you? Your husband just got in a car accident and died. Hey, how are you? Your you know your four year old daughter has cancer. I've that that takes a toll on you. And so when you yeah. start adding all those things up, you're like, man, like this isn't what I thought was being presented to me. Right. And you just have to, I guess, soul search. And I started applying to different jobs. And I think what most people do is they look at their degree and they say, I'm just going to go find something that has those skills. The cell phone to where it is today was still very new back then. Mm-hmm. Right. We're talking like razor flip phone time, uh, time frame, right? A lot of uh, iPhone wasn't huge yet. Right. It was, it was getting there, right. but it wasn't there yet. And I basically just said, I, I can't do this anymore. And so I was, um, I was at a gym and I met this guy who had been doing some like freelance work. And he was like, Hey, um, I see that you're kind of the leader of this CrossFit group where everyone is like listening to you. And I was a lot more fit then. And, um, I basically was just like the, um, the top dog. And he was like, I like what I see in that. Maybe you could come and help and basically run this business for me, help me grow it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I knew nothing about business, literally nothing. But I knew that where I was, I hated and I didn't ever want to be there anymore. And I felt that I was supposed to be doing more things in my life. And I, and I bet on myself. And then for the next year or so, I learned as much as I could YouTube university as much as I could. Um, I read some books. Uh, I met a bunch of people and I learned a ton along the way. And um, again, I just bet on myself. I realized this is your opportunity. So when I went to quit and I gave my two weeks, the the boss who uh, I had to give it to, she was like, well, we want you to stay. I'm like, you haven't cared about me for the last two years. Yeah. Now you want me to stay? Yeah. No. And so I think a lot of people in this position will say, I'll stay because that's the easy route. Right. Right. And so roadblocks happen and you have to bet on yourself. Yeah. Um, it's it's a difficult thing, but it's 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 imperative that you you bet on yourself because um, there's a quote. I can't remember who said it, but it's like, you know, I bet on the person I see in the mirror. Yeah. If you can't bet on yourself, who are you going to bet on? <laughs> right. Like you, you, you know what you can achieve. And I think that's so important. And um, and you got to live with you. Like as you as you get yeah. older, as you and have a family, you got to live with you. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like we, we know that, right? Right. But like I want to go down as the goat. And I want people to be like, wow, like that guy like really like transformed his life and was like the greatest of all time at like uh, insert whatever you want me to be the goat at, right? <laughs> you can take it however you want that. But it's – I knew I had to do something different. Right. And um, I just had to learn from there. Same way I learned when I was in college. Yeah. That's good. That's really helpful. I think that that helps, especially, especially I think young, young people, it's, as you're going through your 20s, like it's such a tumultuous time. And to believe in yourself, even though you're not necessarily clear exactly what that is, I think is such an important lesson to learn. 
I love college, but I look at college a little differently. I think you have to learn the experience of doing things on your own. When my parents split, I basically was at home by myself my entire, you know, teenage days. So I was learning how to do laundry at 11, 12, 13. Right. Right. I learned, I started working when I was 14, got my workers permit, worked at Domino's and all these kind of things. Like you have to learn that part of your life. And I think college is important for that. But a lot of the learning stuff you can learn in 20, what is it? 2019 now you can learn that stuff on YouTube, listening yeah. to podcasts like this books, going to seminars, meetups, whatever. Like you can learn a lot by just showing up. And so I love the experience of being in college and the things that I learned there by that. But like, you got to learn on your own too. And, um, the, the one thing I don't have any regrets in life, but the one thing that I wish my school would have pushed more was internship apprenticeship like things. Yeah. Because I think I would have gone through that and realized, Oh, this is a lot different than I thought. So I remember my first week in TV, I was like, I've learned more this week than I did in my entire college time. Yet here I am $100,000 in debt for something that I learned in one week. Yeah. That's why I think that real life experience is so important. So if you're thinking about changing, call up the business that you think you want to work at or do and go there for a week or two and see if you even enjoy it instead of quitting to realize, ah, I hate this. <laughs> but you, you, have, yeah. you explore, right? Explore opportunities, um, I, I, I think is is a very, very valuable, uh, very valuable experience for people. That's good. Well, um, let's pivot from that. Let's talk about Anomaly, your book, Anomaly, how to finally stand up from the crowd. Uh, why is being an anomaly so important? You say it's not a bad thing like many people think. And so talk to me about that. So I think we're taught to stay in a box. I think we're taught to be like everyone else. I'm going to put some data behind this. So, how many ads do you think you see each and every day? 70,000. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. 70,000. Listeners, how many did you think it was, right? <laughs> the number is still astounding. It's a little less than 70,000, but it's 5,000 ads every wow. day. That's a lot. What of those ads from this morning alone do you remember? Yeah. So you have to be different to be seen. Yeah. Anomaly does not mean, and I, and I use this example because I love her. It doesn't have to be Lady Gaga with steak on her face. Right. Right. <laughs> Anomalies can just be really good at customer service yeah. or something that's memorable. Right. But you have to, you have to get that person's attention because if you don't, you will have this amazing business, this amazing opportunity, this amazing resume. But if you can't dazzle someone, it doesn't matter. Right. And so I, I work with a ton of businesses and they say, I have this great business. I have this great plan. And I'm like, that's great. No one knows about you. Hmm. So how do you expect them to ever buy from you if they don't ever see you in the first place? Yeah. And so I think you have to do things that are interesting. So like when we did the book trailer for my video, most book trailer videos are like the author is sitting there going, and in this great book, you're going to learn blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, how do I take my you know, um, journalistic ways of being a, you know, an anchor and interview the news act of that and make it a fun kind of way. And if you guys haven't seen it, you guys just, um, Zach Miller says.com backslash anomaly. It's the video that's up on there. 
it's me interviewing myself in a, you know, uh, a comedy kind of way. And I think you have to do things that are different. People are like, oh, that's, I've never seen something like that before. Right. That was the point. Right. Do things that stand out. Don't do things that are too obnoxious that won't get you in front of the people that you want to, but make sure that people know who you are. Because I think all too often people, Kevin Costner it up and they build it. And they think that it's going to come. It doesn't come. And they don't realize that you have to do things that are different to be seen. Can I follow up the question there? Like, how do, you, how do you know, like when you're being an anomaly that you're not going to discredit yourself with the people you, that you're trying to reach? Um, is it because you speak their language already or what would you, what would you say? That so is? I think vernacular is something that we talk about usually from a speech perspective, but I think vernacular could also be the, um, the word selection that you use um, in your copy. It could also be the way that you dress. It could be the things that they do. So um, you have your traditional kind of demographics, age, gender, you know, where you live, stuff like that. But I think the things that are more important are things like, what are you watching on Netflix, yeah. right? Where can, I think they call them psychographics. What are the things that are actually about that person that are unique? Yeah. And I think that if you can talk in that language and you can create campaigns around stuff like that, you have a better chance of resonating with them. I wear jeans and a t-shirt almost every single day. And um, people are like, why do you do that? And I'm like, well, I realized that my customer wants to be comfortable. And if I put them in a comfortable setting, they'll feel comfortable with me. So then when I say, hey, give me a million dollars, right? They'll, they'll, they'll feel comfortable, they'll feel comfortable, comfortable and give you a million dollars. <laughs> right? This never happened, but I thought I'd throw that out there. You know, first time's first. If you're listening and you have a million dollars, Zach is interested in talking to you. Yeah, just 30 minutes for one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I, I feel like people overcommit to things that are really unnecessary. Right? Do you have to dress to the nines every day for no reason? Maybe. But a lot of times you you could do better if you actually just put your customer in your mind and create uh, a environment for them to feel comfortable, I think is is a great thing. And I think most people don't do that. And more people will get better success if they would stop worrying about the physical pieces of it and actually just cared about what their customers were looking for. Well, there you have it, everybody. That is part one of our Miller Mondays interview with Zach Miller. Uh, make sure to stay tuned next week for part two of our interview with Zach. I, I love talking to Zach because as you can see, Zach practices what he preaches. And if you don't believe me, check out his LinkedIn profile headline because he definitely stands out and <laughs> uh, li lives it out like he's talking about it. And so uh, you've heard today as we talked about some of Zach's background and then a little bit of an introduction to his book, Anomaly, How to Finally Stand Out from the Crowd. I hope you'll go check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. And then also check out his website, ZachMillerSays.com. And we will see you back here next Monday for part two of our interview where we dive a little bit deeper into his book, Anomaly, and then just hear some success stories of how he's seen people live this out. So thank you for listening, Vitamin Lead. I hope that you have a great start to your week, and I look forward to talking to you real soon. Have a good day. Bye-bye.